0: welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week I've taken a trip to our local town flower and produce show. Never really got into these sort of things before but I'm starting to soften on that. But before that let's have another update from the allotment which is where I am currently at right now. Here on the allotment I was away for a few days last week as you know and when I came back to the allotment it was amazing just how many weeds and the grass had grown. So I spent much of this week just getting the allotment back into a much tidier condition and it's paid off. Picked up loads and loads of weeds, cut the grass and the allotment is just looking All the better for it, which is great because one of the struggles this week has been the weather. It's been another incredibly hot week, which is unusual for September. Now, after a very wet summer, it is nice to have a bit of sun, but it was just a little bit too hot. I would come down here in the evening after work, do a little bit of work, half hour, and I was sweating a lot just in that solar time. Very, very muggy, I think is the word to describe it. Just very, very close and very much like I couldn't cool down. But nonetheless, I persevered. And as I've always said, little and often, just by doing a little bit every day, the allotment suddenly becomes into a much better state. So I'm very, very grateful for that. However, I did notice a few other things. First of all, at the very top of our allotment, I have what I thought was a courgette plant, which has grown absolutely huge. It hasn't actually produced any courgettes as of yet. And what it does look like is looks more like a patty pan squash, which is kind of closely related to courgettes, but just a different shape. Now, we're not complaining because this plant looks absolutely stunning. There's plenty of flowers on it still, which are being pollinated. I'm just looking at a bee inside the big yellow flower doing its work. So I'm very, very happy with that nonetheless. Just a shame it is not a courgette. That being said, we've had plenty of courgettes this year. And we're still getting plenty. I've had a courgette from down the uh, bottom half of the allotment, as well as several courgettes we have at home. But the bed that this plant is growing in is also where I had my onions this year which we removed a few weeks ago and I planted out some butternut squashes and at the moment I'm just looking and I can see a couple of very young butternut squashes starting to develop. So I'm very very happy with that. It should mean we get some decent butternut squashes. And then there's a shark's fin melon as well which has grown rather large which I'm very very happy with and we have got a decent size shark's fin melon growing on it. It's not quite ready just yet but I'm very happy with what I am seeing. But what I did do is I just popped a stone underneath, a bit of paving slab underneath the shark's fin melon just to get it off the ground so it doesn't rot. Now the reason I've done that is I did have another shark's fin melon on that which seemed to have got eaten by something. So i removed that because it's no good now. But the one that is growing there... I want to keep and I want to try and make sure we produce more I do think we might get a few more in the future as well we have just got to keep a close eye on it but I'm very very happy with that now moving on from that one thing that I have also noticed is that my tomatoes here on the alignment have succumbed blight. Just my outdoor tomatoes not my tomatoes in the greenhouse. Now I spoke a couple of weeks ago about this and it happening with our tomatoes at home and at the time our allotments seemed to be escaping the blight but it was just a matter of time wasn't it? The blight has come along and my tomatoes have suffered. So I've had to remove those plants just to try and make sure it doesn't infect my potato plants. At the moment, my potato plants don't seem to be suffering. The second early plants have completely died down now, so we've got to dig those up. We're just waiting on the main crops, which won't be ready till probably next month anyway. But what we've got to do over the next few weeks is dig out the second early potatoes and eat those I may have gone a bit overboard with the potatoes again. I'm not sure. Certainly the second alley or the first alleys. I probably need to focus more on our main crops next year. One other thing that I have done this week, which although hasn't exactly taken place on the allotment, is going to happen on the allotment. Usually I like to grow overwintered onions and overwintered garlic and I would usually get the overwintered onion sets from a shop called Wilco's. But as we know Wilco's have gone into administration, they're having a few problems and it certainly looks like they are going to close which is a real shame. I believe some of the stores are going to be rescued. But it does look like on the whole Wilco's are going to close. And this has got me worried about where am I going to get my onion sets from in the future. I could order them online of course. But I like to try and get my onion sets from a, a reasonable price. The trouble with the online ones is I think they can sometimes be a little bit too pricey. Well I went into a shop called The Range. And they were doing a deal in there where they were selling three bags of onion sets or garlic, mix and match if you like, for £5. So I got two onion sets and another garlic. Now I do save my own garlic from this year's crops. So we're not desperate for garlic as such. But I'm just looking at expanding the amount of garlic that I actually have. And that's definitely something that I'm doing here on the allotment and at home this year. So overall... I'm pretty happy with what we have achieved here on the allotment this week. As I said, a lot of it was just getting it ready. It's amazing how just a few days away, the weeds just suddenly come in, the grass grows, but we've got it into a much more likeable state now, and it's very easy to control it once again. There are areas, of course, that we're gonna be concentrating on over the next few weeks as we go on throughout this growing season. Now, I did mention that I had to remove my tomato plants because of blight. But one thing that that bed is going to be used for is potatoes next year. So what I've done instead is I've sown a green manure in its place. And that's something that we have been doing in the Supporters Club this week. So let's go find out what's been going on there this week. Well, it's the time of the podcast that we advertise the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club The VegGreter Podcast Supporters Club is how we keep this podcast running. It keeps the web server running and pays for little things like that. It is a club, so you get something for your money. For just £5 a month, you get access to the club, which gives you extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, as well as a collection of scenes sent to your door each and every month. Now I truly appreciate everybody that has become a member and I would truly appreciate anybody else who would like to become a member as well. Details on this are at the theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk However, you want to know what seeds we have sown over this last week? Well we have actually sown some green manure seed, a variety called Basilia which is one of my favourite green manures so I had to include it in the supporters gift pack. But added to that, we have also sown some watercress seeds. Now, watercress is an interesting seed to grow, and it actually does quite well being sown at this time of year. We don't need streams. We don't need rivers to grow it. We can grow it in our back garden. We just need to make sure we have plenty of water. So that's what we have been sowing. And if you have become a member, that is the type of thing that you will get involved with. As I said, details on that at theveggrappodcast.co.uk and I charge £5 a month to become a member. Now, you may not be able to afford to do that, but you still want to help support the podcast in any way. Well, the easy way to do this is to simply leave us a review on your podcast provider, be it iTunes, be it Spotify. I believe even Amazon Music has the option. This just helps us get found much easier by other people who also want to grow their own food. So, please, if you could do that as well, I would really appreciate it. Why, I have lived in Littlehampton for eight years now, but I have never actually been long to our local flower and produce show. As a child, I used to go to a lot of these, but I haven't since I've lived here. This weekend, we had our one here in Littlehampton, and I thought I would go along and see just what is going on here. So let's go find out what's going on. I'm in the show tent of our local flower and produce show. Now this is the first time I've actually been to my local flower and produce show. I planned to come last year, but something got in the way. And for eight years I've lived in Littlehampton. There's always been something else on that coincided with this event. This year, however, we were free, so I came along. Now, what I really want to look at is the actual produce side of this show. Up and down the country, we have produce shows where people enter their vegetables to see who grows the best vegetables, be it the largest pumpkin, the smallest potato, various categories like that. And in the past, I've always found this to be very, very wasteful. However, I've softened my approach lately, and I am thinking that next year I might enter Now looking at the entries this year, they are a little on the sparse side but I believe that has been due to the fact that this has been a tricky year. So next year there might be more competition. What I understand with these competitions, you have to hit the brief correctly. So we're going to go each category but each category has a brief, be it three beetroots on a plate and it has to be displayed how they side. And I'm gonna start with the three beetroot category because this is the first one that really stands out. Now this category is you display three beetroot on a plate. The idea being that all the beetroots are evenly sized, even shape, even color. There's four entries in this competition. First place, the beetroots are the medium size, but they are all uniform size, uniform color. Second prize. The beetroots are a bit larger, but they can see a difference in the size as you go along. Third prize, they are much, much smaller. And again, you can see a difference in size. But the one that didn't place is the one that stuck out to me. This has two beetroots that are quite average sized on either side of an incredibly large beetroot. I reckon the large beetroot probably weighs about a kilo. It's about the same size as my head. It is that large. And the only reason that that hasn't placed, I'm guessing, is because of the unevenness of this size. Otherwise, I would have been quite impressed to grow that beetroot, I'll be honest with you. Moving along, there's... I won't go through all the categories, but there's categories such as three courgettes, two cucumbers, five onions. The onions are looking really good, I've got to say. Red onions, all of an average size, even size, even colour. Uh, moving along, there's chillies. I love chillies. Cabanero chilies, bird's eye chilies, uh, red chilies and the purple chilies. Again, what I'm seeing looking at the places is it was all boiling down to the uniform size, uniform shape, uniform colour. The ones that aren't quite being placed, they are different sized chilies and so on. Uh, 5 white potatoes, 5 coloured potatoes are the next categories, and then 12 small shallots. Now these 12 small shallots are quite interesting because what they've done is they've got a plate, they've put sand on, and then placed the shallots on the sand to stand them up. Slightly different to all the rest, but nonetheless, I get the idea. I've got to say it's very hot in this marquee. It's very muggy as well because of ventilation issues. But as you can imagine, it's a very hot day, especially for a Saturday in September today. But we make the most of it. Tomatoes, again, difficult year I think with tomatoes. We've done well with tomatoes, but then blight came along. Sweet corn. Now, if we were to enter sweet corn, I think we would have to do early varieties because it's difficult to get sweet corn at this time of year, especially for it to be showable condition. But following on from that, squash. What I quite like about this is there's some interesting squash. This one I'm looking at now is about 45 centimetres long, about 10 centimetres thick. It's pretty impressive. It's all pink and it's actually called a heritage variety American squash pink banana. What I really like, it looks really really nice. Looks like a good size. I would love to get some seeds of that. There was a butternut squash here earlier. It's it's gone now, that was about two kilos in size. A little bit early for butternut squash like many of the squash plants. So it would have possibly got bigger. But this is the joys of showing these off for competitions. Now, there are open categories any other vegetables or vegetables displayed in a basket which the vegetables in a basket i really like the look of actually this basket is a woven truck it's got a few tomatoes potatoes and beetroot in it but they are designed to be impressive to the eye that's all it's looking for now we're getting into the largest vegetable categories heaviest marrow which is only one entry so it had no competition but it is a good size i think i could have grown a bigger one had i emptied possibly even a heavier one there's a difference between big and heavy isn't there so we've got to think about that heaviest onion now i've always tried to grow heavy onions because i think they're usable but i think next year we might give this a grow you know if we can get some tips on how to grow the largest onions that would be great Uh, This this onion here, let's have a weight of it, it's probably about 400 grams, it's pretty big. It's big enough that it takes up the entire of my hands, which is about 10 centimetres, 15 centimetres across, pretty big, pretty big. And then pumpkins, of course. I know the heaviest pumpkin competitions are always something that many people take part in i've never really worried about growing the heaviest pumpkins because i like to grow food but again i think i might give it a try next year now this largest pumpkin that i'm seeing is three actually entered in this competition this heaviest pumpkin is 45 centimeters across and probably 60 centimeters deep it is quite big in fact it says it weighs in at 75 pounds i'm not sure what that is in kilograms off the top of my head Third prize was a 45-pounder, and second prize a 63-pounder. So really good, impressive sizes, I have to say, when it comes to pumpkins. But I think next year we might try and enter these competitions and try and beat them as well. Moving on, we've got the runner bean race. So they've placed four runner beans to see what stretches the longest. So I guess the idea is you need to grow... As long a runner beans as you can, and get several of them. In first place, I mean, all these runner beans are about 45 centimeters long, which, when they're put together, that is almost a meter and a half end to end. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Now moving along, we come into a fruit section. Four apples, dessert apples, on a plate. They look delicious. But again. And what I'm seeing is that the ones that are winning are the ones that look good, but also of a uniform size, shape and colour. So this is something we've got to bear in mind. Moving on from that cooking apples, only one person entered that one, but again, good size. And then pears as well, very much a similar thing. Then we've got soft fruit too, so the best looking bunch of grapes which I've got to say the grapes look absolutely delicious I'm quite hungry looking at those Uh, we've got various different varieties looking at them four entries the smallest one is pretty small I'll be honest it's only about 10 centimeters long but the longest one's about 30 centimeters there's a bunch of grapes Uh, purples and greens and blacks all different varieties all of which look absolutely delicious I've got to say and look great it's a shame that they don't do a taste test on these competitions. It is very much about how it looks. I personally would like to see taste tests done on these vegetables. Uh, moving on soft fruit raspberries and blackberries as well and then plums and a plate of mixed fruit which actually looks really quite attractive. Again this is very much about it looking the part. Now the final category that I noticed is one that caught my eye and it is the homemade wine and beer category. Now I don't generally drink much in the way of alcohol but one year I did make my own parsnip wine and I saw this category earlier. When I made parsnip wine it was a bit of an experiment just to see how easy it was and it was pretty easy. It's something I'd like to do again but what I want to see this year is what wines do we have so first of all we've got ginger wine and we've got parsnip wine these are all different categories i'm noticing as well potato wine uh, blackberry wine raspberry wine beetroot wine and then we've got beer down the end homemade beer i'm not sure what they're made out of but nonetheless what i personally like is the different materials that they are using to make the wine with that's something we can look at doing, and something we should probably look at doing anyway. As I said, I've made parsnip wine before, and I'm not a drinker. I quite liked it. My stepdad, however, he is a drinker. He loved the stuff and said it was quite strong. So perhaps that's something we can think about for next year. Right. Well, there is much more going on inside this show tent. We've got photography classes, cacti classes, flower classes, but that's not relevant to what we do at the Veg Grower Podcast. So I'm going to get out of here and cool down. But I think next year we might have to enter a few of these competitions. Well, I would love to know if you enter these competitions, what do you enter and how well have you done this year? And what tips would you give to anybody who might be listening that we can share? Right, Scott has got another great recipe for you this week. Let's go find out what's going on there.
1: Hi it's Scott here and this week I want to share an aubergine recipe that really packs a punch of flavour and it's slow braised aubergine with miso, sesame and ginger it's great served simply over rice or as a side dish as part of a larger meal and for me this recipe really makes the aubergine shine and the slow braising gives the aubergine a wonderful comforting soft texture so let's not delay and jump straight into the recipe Ingredients 800 grams of aubergines, sliced lengthways into quarters 100 millilitres of light soy sauce 60 millilitres of rice wine vinegar 120 millilitres of honey 20 millilitres of toasted sesame oil 320 millilitres of veg or chicken stock 25 grams of diced ginger 1 red chilli sliced and 5 grams of corn flour Start by salting the aubergines. Do this by sprinkling the aubergine with a good pinch of salt and place in a colander for 20 minutes. While the aubergines are salting, whisk all the other ingredients together in a pan. After 20 minutes the aubergine will be ready to pack dry with some kitchen roll. Now in a hot frying pan, fry the aubergines cut side down until golden brown and then place them in a baking dish. Now put the pan of the other ingredients on the heat and bring to a boil. Boil hard for 2 minutes, then pour the mixture over the aubergines and bake them in the oven at 180 degrees celsius for 45 minutes until soft and tender. Garnish with chopped chilli, spring onions, coriander and sesame seeds and that's it. I hope you enjoy this week's recipe.
0: Well, we're in our home garden, in the back garden at the moment. And I'm going to finish off this week with an update from the home garden. Quite a bit has been happening over this last week and quite a few changes are becoming apparent. So, obviously with the warm weather it's made things a little tricky. But as always, I've just done my gardening in the morning before I've gone to work here. And it's always amazing just how much we can get on with. Now, out the front garden, where we have our front driveway garden, as I call it, where we've got a lot of pots, plants growing in pots, our fruit bushes and fruit trees, they've needed quite a bit of watering over this last week. Luckily, I have a water butt out the front, and I keep a watering can by that water butt. So it's not too difficult to do, and I often find myself, just as I'm going to work, running out there and watering those pots up. However, one thing I have noticed is that by black currant bush that was growing quite happily in a pot, something has dug a hole down into the base of it and it must have damaged the roots because the plant seems to be dying off, which is a little worrying. I've given it a good mulch to try and help it out and get them more compost and we're hoping it's going to survive. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't survive. I've got plenty more blackcurrant bushes but it's just a little annoying. I'm guessing it's a squirrel or something that's come along to hide some nuts and it's dug a hole in the base of this blackcurrant bush. We'll find out if it survives in the future of course. Now out the back you may recall that a few weeks ago I bought some bare rooted fruit trees from Garden express and there was five of them they were potted up as soon as i got them but two of them are now starting to grow leaves so we've definitely got two living specimens out of these five i do think because they are bare rooted they are going to need a bit of protection over winter possibly going to the greenhouse but um You know, I'm pleased that we've got at least two of them. I'm hoping all five will spring into life, but we can only keep a close eye on that and see what happens. Now, in terms of harvests, we've had cabbages and cauliflowers, as well as some Brussels sprouts. Very early for Brussels sprouts, but I've decided they needed harvesting, so we've got them in. And in an area where my beans were growing, that bed it is becoming emptier and emptier. The peas are coming out, the weeds are coming out. So what I've done in its place is I've started planting out some of my Swiss chard. I've got quite a few Swiss chard that I've grown from seed and I just want to put them into some sort of good use. So this bed was becoming empty. It is going to be for growing Swiss chard and garlic and things like that next year. So it seems to make sense that I start filling it up right now when I have these plants available. And as I said, we do have quite a few of these lovely little Swiss chard. Now, Swiss chard can be a bit of a love it or hate it plant, but I quite like it. Next to that bed we have the squash bed where we've been getting these beautiful patty pan squashes which have also gone down really, really well. They look amazing, they look stunning and they taste great. We've continued getting courgettes as well. But one of my cucumber plants has come to an end. Now this was the Venlo pickling cucumber plant which was a great cucumber plant I have to say. And it's done us really well over this year. We've created quite a few jars of pickling cucumbers, which is great. Um, More than enough than what we're going to need, if I'm honest with you. So... This plant has started to die off just at the right time. We're not going to get any more cucumbers from it. I'm not complaining. I'm really not. Just the one plant was enough to give us enough cucumbers for pickling. So I'm very, very happy with that. And I think the real secret has been that that bed had a good load of compost, which brings me up to the next thing that I've been doing this week is actually investigating and seeing my compost bins. Now one of the things that we do have to do quite often with compost bins is give them a good stir that way all the ingredients get mixed up they get a bit of air into it and it helps them produce better compost so I went along through all my compost bins with my pitchfork and just gave them a really good stir to mix all the ingredients up and what I can see is that the compost bins are starting to really sort of break down the material nicely, we're still filling them up don't get me wrong, some are in a more broken down condition than others, but I've also included and checked on my subpod and the wormeries as well and I think we're going to have quite a bit of compost now compost is always one of those things that I want to try and produce more and more of, it's what I would call a gardener's secret weapon. The more compost we have, the better it is for our gardens. And trying to produce enough compost is always a challenge. I have the chickens, of course, which a lot of their waste goes in along with all our gardening waste. But I do think that we are going to have to be looking at our compost bins in the future with a view that we might need bigger compost bins or better compost bins. I'm not quite sure yet what we're going to do, but this is all the plans that we have going in in this garden well that brings us to the end of this week's podcast hope you have enjoyed it if you have then please consider leaving us a review on your podcast provider if you have really enjoyed it and you want to support the work that we do and get involved with our club then please become a member of the veg podcast supporters club details are on that at the veg Now while you're at our website, please do leave us a voicemail just by clicking the button, access your microphone and you can leave a voicemail, leave a question or a comment either, I don't mind, it's all part of the the programme and uh, of course if you want to get in touch by email my email address is richard.adventuregroundpodcast.co.uk and finally don't forget to find us on social media and give us a follow Right, we will be back again next time so until then... Please take care.